Welcome to Proclaiming Justice, a podcast from PJTN that focuses the light of truth on vital issues in today's headlines that impact every American. I'm your host, Laurie Cardoza-Moore, founder and president of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations, and I'm here to educate, motivate, and activate you to action. I want to arm you with the truth and the facts you'll need to fight and preserve our constitutional republic and uphold the Judeo-Christian values our nation was founded upon. Welcome to Proclaiming Justice, a PJTN podcast, and I'm your host, Laurie Cardoza-Moore. If you missed the last episode of this podcast, you will find it and our previous podcast lineup on our website at pjtn.org, as well as all the other platforms that you use to access your favorite podcasts. On this week's podcast, I have invited Dr. Sandra Alfonsi back to Proclaiming Justice to update our watchmen on the rise of anti-Semitism and anti-Semitic propaganda in textbooks, library books, and instructional materials in K-12 education. I also want to remind our audience that as PJTN Watchmen, it's our biblical duty to listen and share this and all of our previous podcasts with your family and friends so that they can take action against the issues that threaten our republic and the state of Israel. So please remember to like and share. As it goes with Israel, so shall it go with America. Dr. Alfonsi, thank you again so much for joining us on Proclaiming Justice. Hi, Lori. You're very welcome, and I'm happy to be here again. Greetings to all of our watchmen and watch persons who who are listening. Amen. Okay, so let's set the stage. We had a great interview last week. For those of you listening, if you didn't listen, if you didn't hear Dr. Alfonsi's interview last week, I encourage you to go back after this podcast and go listen to it. It's very important that you understand the totality of what we're dealing with. And today we're going to talk about the curriculum, the textbooks. And Dr. Alfonsi, let's kind of set the stage, the history of how we got to where we are. And for our audience, many of you know that Proclaiming Justice to the Nations, our mission is to educate Christians, Jews, people of conscience about our biblical duty to stand with Israel and the Jewish people against the rise of global anti-Semitism. Over a decade ago, 12 years ago, we had a parent, a watchman, who found an anti-Semitic quote in a Pearson-published textbook that legitimized Palestinians blowing themselves up in a Jerusalem restaurant because they were waging a war against Israeli government policies and army actions. So when we found this quote, we went through the proper channels in Williamson County, where the textbook was found, to try to get the textbook removed. But we ran into roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. And we realized as we were reviewing the textbook, because it wasn't just the anti-Semitic content in this Pearson textbook, it was the anti-American, anti-the Judeo-Christian values our nation was founded upon, pro-China, all of the things that we're seeing happen with the wokeism that's going on in American classrooms, we were sounding the alarm over a decade ago, warning people, if we don't get rid of this this curriculum, we are going to lose our country. Our children will turn on us. They're going to turn on their 
their faith. They're going to turn on their support for Israel. And that's what we see. And we know that because of the recent um, uh, poll that was that just came out by Harvard Harris, which indicated 67% of 18 to 24-year-olds believe that what happened on October 7th was Israel's fault. They believe that Israel is occupying land that belongs to the Palestinian people. They believe that Israel is an occupier. We know this is not true. And so Dr. Alfonsi joined the team at PJTN years ago to help us to take on this issue She understood the threat. She had been engaged in fighting this battle in other areas, like with Hadassah previously. So this is very familiar territory to her. And she recently published for PJTN a, um, a white paper on the indoctrination going on in the curriculum and textbooks in the state of Florida. So Dr. Alfonsi, I'm going to turn it over to you with that big introduction about what we have, what you found and what you've, you were talking about in this white paper. And ladies and gentlemen, the white paper that we've published, we are trying to get into the hands of Governor DeSantis. Governor DeSantis has been a loyal friend to Israel. He is um, completely supportive of um, getting rid of these textbooks. He made that commitment back in when he was running for for governor, when he was still congressman, when I met with him in D.C., and I showed him three textbooks with similar content, and it was at that time he committed to not only get rid of the, um, the textbooks, but he was going to get rid of Common Core, and he has kept his promise. And so PJTN is working tirelessly in compiling all of this data for Governor DeSantis, for Governor Lee for the Department of Education in Virginia, for the Department of Education in Ohio, in Texas, in in Arizona. And so with that, Dr. Alfonsi, if you would um, just share with our audience some of the information that you found as you were reviewing these textbooks. <laughs> with pleasure. And well, I'll, I'll do it with pleasure, but what's in it is not a pleasure. I want to say question that Lori asked, where did this come from and what we're to address is something that we have to understand in the textbooks. I feel that you cannot un- unlink the anti-Semitism, the anti-Israelism, cannot unlink that from <clears throat> the assault on America, on the Constitution, and the manipulation of the Constitution in such a way that it allows it allows the anti-Semitism and the anti-Israel content to come into the textbook. They are linked: anti-Americanism, anti-Semitism, and anti-Israelism. They are linked, and they are <clears throat> they permeate the Florida textbooks. And it is easy to say why, because the the most powerful, and I'm not even using the terminology of saying the largest or the most sales. We're looking at the question of domination of education. And the education is dominated by the publishing houses. This is in violation, and this includes the state of Florida, 
this is in violation of the state or rules and the laws for for the Department of Education. The states create the standards. State standards are created. The state standards become, <clears throat> once they're formulated and they are adopted by the state Department of Education and the legislature, those state standards are then given to the publishing houses as the roadmap they are to produce their textbooks. So we have to understand that there are two problems. We need to investigate carefully the state standards, and we have to look particularly into the civic standards, because the civic standards either carry forth the Constitution or they try very hard to destroy the legal basis and foundation of the country in the, as the, it's found in the Constitution. What I found in Florida, and I have to say, what you find in Florida, you find in the other major, uh, the major textbook purchasers, California, Texas, Florida, you find a similarity. You find that as time goes by, their state standards resemble each other. Some more are definitely more leftist than others, but the ones that are less leftist are in the process of, state boards are in the process of being infiltrated in indoctrination, and therefore the standards reflect that. To understand and base it on Florida, because that's what we're doing, the, how do you get <clears throat> anti-Semitism anti-Israelism into the textbooks via the Constitution. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you think about the question, you realize that the Constitution provides the law of the land, the law of the land which protects, and that's what it does. It protects the, the religion, protects the freedom of the land. It protects that. <clears throat> there are amendments that protect the rights of the minorities. There are amendments that protect the rights of the majorities. There are amendments that help to end slavery. How do we get around this and how do we recreate an education system that is <clears throat> now against the white majority and which is in itself creating racial tensions again, we change how the constitution is taught. And that is, if you look at what dominates, <clears throat> it's painful to say that, a, that the education system of a state like Florida is dominated by critical race theory, theory CRT, by DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, Mm -hmm. by organizational education. And what I mean by that is if I would say to you, as I'm doing, Black Lives Matter, mm -hmm. that's fine. That's an organization. But how is it a organizational force in education? It, it's management created the Black Lives Matter curriculum the state boards of education, including Florida, the Department of Education, 
has included in its education system a Black Lives Matter. In some states, it's a day, Black Lives Matter Day. Florida has a Black Lives Matter Week where they study this. And it is, this is how systemic racism between the Black Lives Matter and the CRT, how that became not only a part of American vocabulary, it has become a vital part, an important part in the curriculum and in the history as it is being taught. Because, because of this, we have through the Black Lives Matter curriculum and the critical race theory curriculum, we have that America is now taught to be, is taught as a slave state. And a slave state means that it is a country in which we have systemic racism. So you have, you have agenda, you have organizations, and you have organizations which have taken their agenda to give it legitimacy. Because if you think about Black Lives Matter, until it came out with the Black Lives Matter curriculum for school, Black Lives Matter was associated with Antifa, was associated with violence, it was associated with racism. How did it give itself a stamp of approval? It gave itself a stamp of approval by coming in with a school curriculum, coming in with the, the verbiage and the, of critical race theory, and it now pitted white Americans with white privilege, oppressors and the oppressed, victims and the victimizers. And if you listen to that vocabulary, you're listening to what is in many of these textbooks that are produced by major publishers like Pearson, McGraw-Hill, and there's an, <clears throat> there are several others, but Pearson has dominated education in America for generations. And it dominates in such a way that other publishing houses understand, not even in the past, they understand that they must emulate the agenda of Pearson if they want to be able to sell. So they have taken on the CRT, the DEI, et cetera. Now in Florida, we find, <clears throat> we find the manipulation of the constitution in the textbooks. How do you manipulate the constitution in the textbook? You eliminate, let's say, amendments to the constitution. So when they write the history books, they do something very McDougal Littell and Pearson did it to, to perfection. They removed the amendments that makes housing discrimination illegal, <clears throat> illegal because of discrimination against religion. And they turned it into a racial issue so that <clears throat> the textbooks teach that America as a slave state and a racist, systemic racist nation, that the, the, the discrimination is against <clears throat> 
Now, could they, they're smart enough, and this is the only way I can say it, they're smart enough to know that they couldn't keep focusing just on black Americans, whom they incorrectly deem still in the textbook African Americans. That language <coughs> was this, this <coughs> excuse me, by the by the NAACP, they did away with using African Americans and they became black Americans. So, but CRT and DEI and and Black Lives Matter understood that if you want to take over the education system in the United States and you want to do what is basically their aim is to create the racial divide between black and white and to harp on white privilege and to harp on <clears throat> the other social problems, you can't really have it just black. So what they have and the vocabulary came out and it was, it's, it is really right to the point. They bring into the textbooks, people of color. So housing discrimination is against people of color, black people, the Latinos, <clears throat> the Asians and such. And, and the, those that are victimized are the people of color. Those who are the victimizers are the white people. That's just one. Now, what about this religion? Well, if you look at housing discrimination in the United States, <clears throat> it, it has really managed, manipulated the lives of Black Americans and of the, of the Jews. The discrimination against the Jews is countrywide, citywide, statewide. So when you look at that and you think about it, so, well, how do we rightfully revise history? Because we're now listening and we're looking at historic revisionism of history. Discrimination can only be revised if you remove religion from the housing discrimination. It's color, it's ethnicity, it's sex, the gender, mm -hmm. but protected under the amendment is religion which has been removed. Mm -hmm. So oh, there is no discrimination against Jews in housing because you don't have to talk about it. Mm -hmm. It leads us to a major problem in the Florida textbooks. And as Lori said, the work that we're doing and PJTN is doing is more than just in Florida, but these are the same textbooks and they are the, they're the same agenda because if another publishing house wants to be able to sell, that publishing house models itself. That's the best models itself on Pearson. So Dr. Alfonsi, I want to just go back to what when you were talking about the publishers. The publishers like Pearson, um, there are multiple different publishing houses out there. Pearson, we know, has bought up the 
the majority of the smaller textbook publishing houses, and they're not changing their name. So you think that there's all these publishers on the field vying or competing for the business like, you know, the Department of Education in the state of Florida. That's We have 1.8 million kids here. But you talked about Pearson being the publisher that's publishing this content. But who are the distributors? Because I think this is important for our audience to understand. Pearson is the platform. Pearson provides the information. But who is delivering this information? Because this is the problem. We've got people, organizations, of course, yes, the publishers are are distributing this propaganda, the DEI, the wokeism content. But there are also organizations, you kind of touched on it, but there are other organizations like the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, that is also one of the largest distributors on their website, one of the largest distributors of this woke propaganda that actually is not only fueling the whole oppressor and oppressed narrative, but now even anti-Semitism is starting to rear its ugly head. And Jews are being marginalized under the white category or the oppressor category. Can you touch on that? Because I think people should know who's behind delivering this information that looks legitimate it looks like a legitimate organization. We've all, you know, we all grew up with ADL. And ADL has always been there to fight anti-Semitism. But it's changed. It's, trained, it's changed tremendously because um, these organizations, in order to have <clears throat> donors, in order to have uh, funders, and in order to have ratings, have to pick up the popular agenda. That's first Mm -hmm. of all. That the ADL, which was created really to fight anti-Semitism, has changed, has morphed into an organization which, instead of fighting anti-Semitism, fights racial inequity. Under that, they are able to promote any type of an agenda, and most of the agenda that they do promote may fight inequity in <clears throat> in other minorities, but if we look at history and if we look at the vocabulary, mm-hmm. Jews are not identified as a minority. The, mm-hmm. the United States was very, has been very careful not to identify the Jews as a minority. They don't know whether we're an ethnic group or we are a race or we're just a religion, but they have managed to keep us out of the one category which would actually protect us, and that is the category, excuse me, of a minority. They keep us out. This is the ADL included, which I, I think... We have to admit that there are two organizations that were created 
for a specific task and purpose. One is the ADL and the other is the NAACP. They have both sold out, as far as I'm concerned, <clears throat> their mission statement. And in doing so, they have harmed their own. <coughs> Excuse me. And we have to know that the NAACP disenfranchised itself from its Jewish supporters, including those NAACP was started, was founded, was helped by the Jews. It had a Jewish president. It had Jewish lawyers. And it was with the Jews that they were able to fight the lynching in the United States. But they have disenfranchised them and they have allied themselves with social revolutionaries, just as the ADL has disenfranchised itself with the ZOA and has aligned itself with, um, with J Street. We have to look at the political maneuverings of both ADL and the NAACP to understand it. And as for looking at the Jews as a minority, they we have not been described as such because <clears throat> that would give us all of the same protections that are being demanded for everyone else. But why not for us? Because we, we have in the United States, everyone says it's systemic racism. I believe now from what I have done more and more in the textbooks and what is going on, we have systemic anti-Semitism in the United States. And the publishing houses are perhaps the demon, the greatest demon, and they, the, our publishers have contributed to this, this the disenfranchisement of the Jews. They mm -hmm. have contributed to, to the fact that we are not a minority by our number. We are not a minority by anything because we control everything. That right. is the main mm -hmm. But the other thing is that <clears throat> the, the anti-Semitism is linked to anti-Israel because the Jews are the oppressors and the people are the oppressed in the United States. The Israelis are the oppressors and the Arabs are the oppressed. And these are the people of color. So we, we have this in the textbooks. What did the publishers, how do you come up or what rather than how, what do you come up with? What, what stylistic device, what device does a publishing house have to completely invert history? and to completely remove an entire population mm -hmm. from American history. And it's the publishing houses that did this. The publishing houses removed for the last 20 years, old Reinhardt and Woodson was one of the biggest publishing houses at that mm -hmm. time. And they were at the base of this elimination of the contributions of the Jewish people to American history and society. You remove the contributions, you remove the people. 
You remove mm -hmm. you people who were in the textbooks, like Emma Lazarus, who did the poem at the, the foot of the Statue of Liberty. Right. I'm who funded the, the American Revolution. When this is what started, those, those people were in our textbooks. They were in our textbooks until the time came about when it was no longer anything pro-Jewish, when the immigration of the Eastern European Jews, when they came in fleeing pogroms, they, they were seeking freedom, but they seeking to make life here. But all of a sudden, all the signs of what the immigrants, and they weren't illegal, not migrants, they were legal immigrants to the United States, the proof of how they acclimated, the proof of how they contributed to the United States, all of that was written out of the textbooks. And as you write out the people, you mm -hmm. write <coughs> the ethnic group. And you create, and this is what I used to, I, I was uneasy about the comparison, but I'm no longer uneasy about the comparison. They have created a Judenrein textbook, mm. <laughs> and that is Holocaust vocabulary, Jew-free, coming at, from, from Auschwitz. But mm -hmm. that is what the publishing houses settled on as this means to disenfranchise and delegitimize the American Jewish community. <clears throat> A lot of the problems with the American Jewish community now, with mm -hmm. their bending to the left or their denying certain, certain uh, things about Israel, it is, and I, it's not an excuse because I don't think it should have been done, but when you realize that that they have become disenfranchised and that they have disappeared out of the textbooks and that everything that the Jewish people ever did for America has been eliminated, there it creates a disenfranchisement that is enormous and that is in <clears throat> these textbooks. So that when, right. K through 12, when you're in a classroom, <laughs> You are not part of the classroom because while you are studying, you are not included in the history of this country. Mm -hmm. And then when you go in the history books and you go to the history of the Holocaust, you see in Pearson in the 2018 or 2019, where Pearson publishers put together that in Germany, the Jews were enemy of the state. Mm -hmm. That is what Pearson brought into the United States, is the Jews as enemy of the republic. Mm -hmm. I'm, the changes to, the, to how the Constitution, the Constitution protected Jews. We have rights as citizens. Suddenly, we have no presence. We have no identity. Mm -hmm. In the case of the housing discrimination was the first time mm -hmm. I had actually in writing where a constitutional amendment was given in a, in a textbook by Pearson and McDougall that the discrimination against religion 
by religion was eliminated, not by the Constitution and another amendment, but by the publishing houses. And it was mm-hmm. allowed So that's how, that is what I think. And well, it also, it also is um, an example or obvious what is fueling the anti-Semitism that we see today. When we leave out the narrative of the role that Jews have played in the founding, and we can go back to the to the Bible. We can go back to the first five books of Moses. We can go back to the Torah, where our our government, our form of government, was established in the Torah of Moses. In the first five books, it's all laid out there. Um, you know, if we don't teach the role that the Hebrew Bible played in the founding of our country, if we don't teach the role that the Hebrew Bible played in the drafting of our founding documents, if we don't teach the role that the Hebrew Bible played in our structure and form of government, even our electoral system, then we will believe that Israel will believe the lies that are coming out of the the protocols of the learned elders of Zion that is coming back. We we will fall for the lies that the Jews are part of some global conspiracy to take over the world. When in reality, it's Israel, God has called Israel to be a light to the nations of the world. That's totally contrary to what we have seen being spoken of by Israel. And even within the Christian world, even within Christians, I see Christians reciting this this statement. You know, you brought up Emma Lazarus, Dr. Alfonsi. One of my favorite people to bring up is Haim Solomon. Haim Solomon bankrolled the, um, the American Revolution. And if he had not invested all of his wealth and given it to George Washington for his soldiers, we would not be the United States that we are. That man died without a dime to his name. He gave everything he had. There was no money left for his family either. He 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 is part of the family of the United States, and yet he would be, he is buried in strange grounds. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The yeah. other thing I want to add to what you were saying about the Judeo-Christian concept and it not being in the standards and it's not being taught, we I we have to acknowledge that this is also part of the the battle against Christian anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. It's it's a two-part battle because it's a battle against Christian anti-Semitism. And the Judeo-Christian part is a battle against Islamic Mm -hmm. and anti-Semitism because John Esposito from Georgetown University said, no, America was not founded on the Judeo-Christian. It was founded on the Judeo-Christian Islamic tradition, which is a lie. lie. (laughs) But we have to to understand that there's a large... I don't when I say large, I, I, numerically I don't know, so it's not that. But there's there's an impressive segment of the Christian world which acknowledges the New Testament and says that 
Judaism ended when the new Christ, when the New Testament came about. So, neo mm-hmm. Christian tradition is has fallen to first of all to if we look at Marxism that that does not acknowledge any God, and then we look at the Christian anti-Semitism. So this Judeo-Christian tradition, which we believe and which we can prove in the writings, is under assault by mm-hmm. by two types of of Islamic anti-Semitism, Christian anti-Semitism. And we have to give credit and, and, and acknowledgement rather than credit mm-hmm. the fact that our country, our constitution has fallen under assault, the Marxist assault that we managed to keep away. So that that is part of this and it's it's horrendous. And when you when it's been removed and there is no Judeo-Christian tradition taught mm-hmm. in the classroom where the Jew where the Jewish and Christian and Muslim and whatever where they sit together, you mm-hmm. have you have the Christian holidays taught, the essence of the Christian Bible taught. Now you have you have Christmas and you have Easter, you have Ramadan, you have you have those holidays, mm-hmm. and there is absolutely no acknowledgement or teaching of right. Yom Kippur Passover. Mm-hmm. So this is what it means to disappear. But it also, to go back to the, the question about organizations, mm-hmm. we can find other organizations, but the two that do the most damage, the ADL and the NAACP. Yes, absolutely. Well, Dr. Alfonsi, that you've given us a lot to think about, and we still have so much more that we need to cover. So I would love to have you back next week. And we can delve into some of the examples um, in these textbooks that you found in your research in the state of Florida. I would like to do that because I would just then I will prepare the quotes without all the narrative around it. Yes, I would. I I think that this is important what you're doing, Lori. And I think that we have to educate on what is being taught because if we don't look at that, we cannot understand the chaos that's engulfing America. I mean, I find it difficult. If I didn't do this work with you and on my own, I would have a hard time comprehending because it doesn't look like America. And that's what I keep saying. And then I think, no, no, I know it looks like America. It's what's being taught. So I think what you're doing is tremendously important. It's the only way we're going to save our republic, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Alfonsi made very important points, and that's why I hope each one of you found this program informative. We were, we're going to post this podcast on our website and all of our, with all of our podcasts that are on all of the multiple platforms that we use, you use to access these podcasts. This information is so important to share with your family and friends, ladies and gentlemen. If we want to save our country, we've got to start focusing on the next generation of kids that are coming up. They are being indoctrinated to hate America, to hate the values that our nation was founded upon. 
as watchmen, as PJTM watchmen, we have a biblical mandate to stand against this ungodly rising Nazi threat that is destroying our nation and other Western nations. It's not just America. This is happening in every Western country. It's South Africa. It's Australia. It's the UK. This is threatening our Judeo-Christian values and promoting Jew hatred, anti-Semitism. We cannot remain silent. God warned the prophet Ezekiel about the responsibility of the watchman. And as a watchman, you can sound the alarm and warn others by simply sharing this podcast with your family and friends. So please share and like to help us sound the alarm in your community. Remember Dietrich Bonhoeffer told us, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. Don't forget to join us for next week's podcast as we continue this conversation with Dr. Alfonsi about combating the rise of anti-Semitism and taking back local control of our communities and our children's education. I want to also remind you that if you have not signed up to become a PJTM Watchman, you can help support this mission through our award-winning documentaries and Focus on Israel programs, as well as more programs just like this one for just $20 a month. So go to our website at pjtn.org, watch our programs, listen to our past podcasts. With your generous monthly donation, you can ensure that PJTN remains on the front lines and in the headlines, but we can't do it without your faithful prayers and financial support. I hope that you will prayerfully consider supporting our mission as we educate to activate Jews, Christians, and all people of conscience to stand on the front lines of this all-encompassing war. God bless you and thank you for all you do on behalf of our Jewish brethren, the State of Israel, and these... United States. Thank you again for joining me on this edition of Proclaiming Justice. Please share this podcast with your family and friends. For more information about how you can get involved, please visit our website at pjtn.org. As a PJTN watchman, you can help us keep up the fight to preserve our freedom for our children and their children for such a time as this.